Welcome to the Wellspring Church podcast. We're an international church family who wants to see Jesus love transform communities. This recording is a sermon from our Sunday service and will take you deeper into the Bible in a real and relevant way. Wonderful. Well, thank you all for your prayers and your ongoing prayer and support. And uh, (laughs) just to be super unspiritual for a moment... (laughs) Because it's Easter and I like a good quiz, I've got another photo quiz for you. And not to take your attention off Jesus, but there's 16 rabbits coming up on the screen. And you can work in your rows. I'm going to give you a minute. Can you name the rabbits? Go for it. You could talk down your row. A few from maybe Disney. Maybe you can share where the rabbit is from. What show? What book? Count up how many you know. Thirty seconds more. Turn to somebody if you don't know the answer. Somebody can give you an answer. Maybe ask somebody behind you or in front of you. All right. Ten more seconds of the rabbit quiz. Four, three, two, one, and stop. Okay, if you could bring your conversations, discussions to a close. I'm going to put you out your misery now. We're going to put up the answers on the board. Here we go. So first is Rebecca Rabbit from Peppa Pig. We've got Rabbit from Winnie the Pooh. You've got Lola Bunny from Space Jam. You've got the, you've got the rabbits from Watership Down. You've got Snowball from Secret Life of Pets, White Rabbit from Alice in Wonderland, Judy Hopps from um, Zootopia, and we've got Peter from The Peter Rabbit, Roger from Who Framed, Roger Rabbit, we've got Bugs Bunny, we've got Skippy from Robin Hood, very good, we've got E.B. from Hop, Easter Bunny film, we've got Buster Baxter, anybody know Arthur? We've got Duracell. We've got that bunny that never runs out. We've got Nesquik from the drink or maybe from the cereal. And finally, the best rabbit of them all. We've got Thumper from Bambi. If you've got nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. There you go. If I had to give yourselves a round of applause. I was going to ask how many people got over eight. Over eight, because the first service, there wasn't any hands up, so I didn't want to pursue that any further. Well, well done to you all. Now, look, here's the deal. It's Easter Sunday. I've just spoken about, well, we've just shared 16 rabbits, but it doesn't matter if you do not know these rabbits. What matters is the one person I'm going to be talking about right now, and that is Jesus Christ, the risen Son of God. Amen. Amen. He is risen. (laughs) And uh, Jesus, although he is the one risen Son of God, he described himself or he identified himself with seven I am statements in John's gospel. And if you look around the room, you can see each and every one of them. But the one today that we are looking to for this Easter Sunday is Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. 
He's risen. <laughs> he is alive. And in fact, just something for you to know, if you look at all the I am statements, you'll find they all relate to life in some way or other. But what does I am the resurrection and the life mean? What does it mean, not just in general, what does it mean for you? What does it mean for us? And I want to encourage you, I'll tell you what it means for us. It means Jesus is bigger. Jesus is stronger. Jesus is mightier. Jesus is greater. Jesus is higher. Jesus is wider. Jesus is better than death. And even when death shows its ugly face, death is not the end. Even when death shows up, it's not over. Because Jesus is alive. And I want to encourage you today, no matter what you're going through in your life, there's things, situations, circumstances that we come across that are tough. I want to encourage you, it's not over. Because Jesus is alive. It's not over. Some of us really need to hear that today, even in the joy We need to know in our personal lives, it's not over. But the reason it's not over is because Jesus is alive. In your situation, in your circumstance, in your storm, in your valley, in the darkness that you may find yourself in, Jesus is stronger. He's bigger. He's greater. He's mightier. He's higher. He is the resurrection. He is the life. And so we're going to look to Jesus, confirming this very word. It's one thing to say, I am the resurrection. (laughs) It's a complete other thing to do it. And so we're going to look at the resurrection in John chapter 20. So if you want to turn your Bibles or turn on your Bibles to John chapter 20, we're going to read the first 10 verses. And as part of our The Whole Truth about Easter series. You know we've been talking about the I am statements, but we've also zoomed in on particular Peter's journey with Jesus. And just to uh, set the scene, Jesus died on Good Friday on a cross, nailed to a cross, but his body was taken down and it was buried in a tomb, prepared in a tomb, and the tomb was sealed by heavy stone, okay? And this was part of because the Jews, the Jewish leaders, didn't want Jesus' body on show during the Sabbath because they didn't want to show death. You know, it's very important in the religion, in the Jewish tradition, like anything associated with death had to be dealt with and gone away with for their Jewish festivals and traditions. And so we pick up on three days after Jesus' death, the resurrection morning. This is what it says. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. 
The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. And we're just going to pause there for just a moment. Just a little recap on uh, Simon Peter and his relationship with Jesus. We're not going through the whole story. Just the last events, just, just before Good Friday, the night before Good Friday. What was Peter up to? What was Peter doing? What was his last kind of moment with Jesus to reflect on compared to now? And so I've got a photo up here because we're visual <laughs> learning people. There's, <laughs> there's Simon Peter and Jesus. But what did Simon do, Simon Peter, in his last moments? Well, in the garden, when Jesus has asked his disciples to pray, <laughs> oh, I'm guilty of this one, <laughs> Simon Peter fell asleep in Jesus' hour of need, his closest disciples and friends, and Simon Peter fell asleep on Jesus. When he eventually woke up, and the guards, the Roman guards and officials and officers came to apprehend Jesus, to arrest Jesus. What did Peter do? He drew a sword and sliced off an ear of a Roman soldier or of a guard. And, and Jesus rebukes him and says, no, Peter, violence isn't the answer. Peter tried to take control of the situation and Jesus says, no. And then finally... As Jesus is being questioned by the high priest and his entourage, the Sadducees, the Jewish leaders, in front of an audience, maybe at a distance, but viewing this, in front of an audience, Peter is there, Simon Peter is there. And three times he's questioned, do you know this man? Aren't you one of Jesus' followers? Aren't you one of Jesus' disciples? And he, scared, worried, maybe trying to defend himself, says no. Three times. Denies Jesus three times. Wow. What has happened in three days? Now, Simon Peter hasn't been involved with the crucifixion. He's not there. You, you don't see it in the counts. But now, three days later, what do we see Simon doing? Remember, the last thing was he was scared and he wept and walked away from Jesus bitterly. Now he's running to the tomb. Now he's looking for Jesus. And even the beloved disciple, the disciple whom Jesus loved, John, who wrote this gospel, interestingly, <laughs> John pauses at the tomb entrance, whereas Peter goes in. What has happened? And this mirrors what had happened in the high priest's courtyard. You know, John was the one who went in because of contact unknown, but Peter stayed at a distance. Now Peter is in the tomb that Jesus walked out from. How? What a transformation. And you see, the thing is, for Peter, despite all that we've just shared, it wasn't over. It wasn't over for Peter. Even at Jesus' death, death on the cross, it was not over. And sure, maybe at this point you can say, well, he wasn't sure Jesus is alive. But I'll tell you what Peter was doing. He was looking for Jesus. He was running after Jesus. 
Now, I want to give you three reasons, and there's, there's lots you can reflect on in John's Gospel, but three reasons why Peter may not have gone in, or some would say should not have gone in, to the tomb. And we'll have it up on the slide here. Peter shouldn't have gone in the tomb because in his tradition, in Jewish law, he would become religiously and ceremonially unclean because he's entered the tomb, because he's entered death. And you couldn't be associated with death before the Lord in the Jewish tradition, in the Torah and the teaching. And yet, for some reason, Peter doesn't care. Do you know, for Peter to step in the tomb, he's immediately isolating himself from his community, from others. From stepping into the tomb, he's removing himself, and actually, he would not have been able to partake in the traditions, in the festivals that was taking place. We know there was a Passover, and we know Jewish festivals and celebrations would have continued. People have gathered in Jerusalem. And he, by stepping in the tomb, was saying, I'm not... I'm not going to be part of that particularly. I, I'm removed from that. And it didn't, it didn't matter to him. It wasn't over at that point. Second reason why we can say Peter shouldn't have gone in the tomb was because the Roman soldiers who were standing guard, and there was, you know, the stone that sealed it, was supposed to stop anybody taking Jesus' body away. Now by Peter stepping in, he's implicating himself. I mean, and the, the soldiers are nowhere to be seen. And this, this is a problem. We know the Romans had an issue with this, and they wanted to shut down this story. Peter could have been blamed for taking the body. Peter could have got in some serious trouble. In fact, anybody who would have known him could have got in serious trouble because of his decision to go in. And his life could have been endangered because he went in. And yet, because it was not over, Peter went in, straight in. And finally, we just, we just reminded ourselves, Peter had said to an audience three times, I do not know this man. <laughs> well, that's definitely a lie. And now it's on show for the world to see and to hear about because we now have an account of Peter running into the tomb, looking for Jesus, looking for his master. Peter shouldn't have gone into the tomb. But because it's not over, because Jesus is alive, he went looking. He went running. Despite him being left out, potentially, despite him being pushed away, segregated, isolated, despite him maybe getting in danger, despite all the reasons and excuses he could have come up with for not going in, here we have Peter now looking for Jesus. I want to encourage us as a family today, despite what may be going on in our lives, despite what it might mean for us to look to Jesus, to run to Jesus, what that could mean in terms of our relationships, what that could mean between our friendships, what that could show, what that could do to our reputation, our place at work. Whatever is going on where we may feel that things are over, where, you know, the cost of living or with health and with all the sort of things that are going on in terms of our plans and agendas, church, it's not over. Jesus is alive. 
And Peter looks for Jesus, and Peter runs to Jesus. Now, at this part of the story, though, at this particular time, Peter and John the disciple, after this happens, they go back. They leave the scene. And we're going to leave Peter's story there, because next week we'll come back to Peter meeting the risen Jesus. But we need to continue. But I want to encourage you, this is a prophecy already fulfilled by Jesus because Peter learned from Jesus that he was going to deny him. But Peter said to him, I have prayed for you. I pray that your faith will not fail. And I love this. Jesus says to Peter, when you turn back, just think of the shame and embarrassment of Peter. But when you turn back, go back to your brothers, go back to the disciples. And here we see him already doing that. Even though Jesus died on the cross, it's not over for Peter. It's not over for us as well. So we'll read on. Verse 11 to 18, it says, Now Mary, Mary Magdalene, stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had lain, had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, Don't, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Mary Magdalene, still looking for Jesus, still in the garden outside the tomb, whereas the other two disciples, John and Simon Peter, have gone. Here, Mary's sticking around. He's, she's staying looking because it's not over. Because Jesus is alive. But the funny thing is, as Mary is looking, seemingly alone, seemingly left by herself, the other two disciples have gone. But then she meets angels, <laughs> angels. But then she meets somebody who she thinks is a gardener. But she meets the risen Jesus. The first person to meet Jesus the risen Jesus, and to bring the good news that Jesus is risen to the rest of the disciples. It was Mary. Mary, feeling alone, left in this garden, crying, broken, saddened, no hope, maybe, not knowing where to turn. But she's looking, and then she hears Jesus. Because she's listening, and she listens to Jesus. And maybe not at first she gets it. Maybe at first she thinks she's just a gardener. He's just a gardener. But then 
he hears her name, Mary. And at that, what does it say? She turns towards Jesus. I'll give you a good reason why we should stay looking for Jesus. Because it's not over. Because he is risen. We will get to see him. We just need to keep listening through the trouble, through what we may not understand, through the difficulties of life, we keep listening. And through it all, we may be mistaken at some points and not realize Jesus is actually right there, right by us. Maybe even doing something we don't realize is actually him doing it. And then we get to see him. We get to turn to Jesus. You... All of us, at times, we'll go through difficulty, we'll go through hardship, but I want to really encourage us, because it's not over, because Jesus is risen, we don't realise how close Jesus really is to us. And despite the storm, like I said, despite the darkness, despite the struggle, which is real, I want to encourage you that it's not over. Jesus is risen. He's worth looking to. He's worth running to. Leaving some stuff behind. Even some stuff that you consider good. It's worth leaving it behind. And it's worth listening and listening and listening to him. And it's worth turning from our situation and seeing him. Responding to his call. Responding to him calling your name. Jesus died and rose again on the third day. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Not only is that a great statement, it really happened and it really is happening today. Resurrection after resurrection, new life after new life. Every time we think it's over, <laughs> we have to remind ourselves, Jesus is alive. Not sure how many of you have ever played a computer game. I feel I'm of the computer game generation. You know in computer games, when you're not very good at them, you die. <laughs> die a lot. Well, hopefully some of you have heard of Mario. If you haven't, there's a new film coming out, so there's a plug there as well. If you watch that, then you'll know about him. But in Mario, it just so happens when you play the game, and if you're not good like me and you die, it's not over. A selection screen comes up and you get a choice. You get an option. You get to choose whether you quit and that's game over, over, or there's a continue button. And you get to press that continue button and you come back to life ready to rock another fireball or whatever it is that Mario does. Family, I want to encourage you in life, there are many times when we can feel that things are over. Things have died on us. We have been around death or associated with things of death. I want to encourage you, do not give up. Do not quit. Don't take that option. Because it's not over. Jesus is alive, which means he can be your continue button. Press the continue button. Keep going. He is stronger. He is bigger. He is mightier. He is higher. He is wiser. He is better than what you're going through. 
And here's the marvelous thing. Because he's alive, he is with you. He's with you in the game over to say, not today. Resurrection continues. Jesus is alive. Look to him. Run to him. Listen to him. And turn to him. I don't know, maybe it's just the way my mind works, but as Tim was sharing about the challenge of living crisis, you know, the cost of living crisis, I cannot help, guys. I can't help myself. When Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, when you talk about a cost of living price and cost of living crisis, he's paid for it. And he's alive. It's not over. Jesus is alive. Come on. Press the continue button. But I want to tell you, it's not as easy as in a game where you just go, oh, I'll quit or press continue. Pressing the continue button means having faith. Even when you're discouraged, even when you're down, even when you're potentially even doubting Jesus, or even because of your sin, the things that you've done where you've rejected Christ, you may feel every reason why not to press it. We're here today as a family to encourage one another. Press the continue button. Do not give up. It's not over. Jesus is alive. Can I get a hallelujah? Amen. I love it. Encourage yourself. Jesus is alive. So, I'm going to hand over to Tim in a moment to respond. But first, I simply want to invite the Holy Spirit to come and lead and guide how we're going to respond to him. Amen. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you sent your one and only Son, Christ Jesus, the resurrection and the life, to die in our place, to die on a cross, but three days later rise again so that we can be forgiven of all our sin. We can be forgiven of rejecting you, God. We can be forgiven of all the things that we've done. All the shame and guilt can be dealt with. And instead, Lord God, I pray right now for faith to rise in the room to press the continue button of Jesus to resurrect hope in you. And Lord God, to be filled by your spirit. Help us, Lord, to look to you, to run to you, to listen to you, and to turn to you. We're sorry for our shortcomings. We're sorry for our failures. But today, with new hope and faith, we join together and say, have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to know more about Jesus, Wellspring Church, or how you can grow with others in faith, connect with us by clicking the link in the episode description or by joining us on Sundays at 9am and 11am in person and online.